Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. And it's a real blessing to be able to come together each day here on Search the Scriptures, open up God's Word and dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more, study some more from those rich teachings and truths that God has guided the inspired writers to write down for us for our good, for our guidance, for our blessing and learning and direction right there in His Word, the Bible. The Holy Scriptures, how blessed we are to have such ready access to the Scriptures from God's throne room in heaven, but also how blessed we are to be able to get together through the medium of radio each day and study God's Word in depth and in detail, and yet we try to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and comprehend and that makes sense for your daily life. So we are really blessed because it is not this way. I keep emphasizing that. It is not this way everywhere in the world. We are blessed to have this kind of freedom in this country, and we need to hold that freedom dear and cherish it, and we need to take advantage of it so that we keep studying, keep learning, and keep growing spiritually. As we do study together each day, your faith should be growing stronger because Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So faith is not magical, it's not mystical, it's not something you catch, it's not something that just suddenly overwhelms you without your awareness or against your will, it's not something that God forces upon you. Faith comes as you continue to study God's word. Learn it, contemplate over it, understand it, believe it, and make the proper applications to your life. Faith comes as you continue to be a diligent student of God's Word. So as you continue to study, your faith should be growing stronger and deeper and fuller and richer. And as that happens, you should be coming closer to God. Our prayer, as we keep saying, is that you will, and we really do pray for you, our prayer is that you will make up your mind to come to God all the way, His way, through Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ openly as God's Son and your Lord and Savior, and surrendering to him in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross will cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. And we read about that in Acts 2 and verse 38, Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. And at that point, you are saved, you're forgiven, you're redeemed, You come into Christ, Romans 6 and verse 3, and Galatians 3 and verse 27. And as Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, you are reborn spiritually. As the Apostle Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, you have become a new creation. You have been made new from a spiritual perspective. What a blessing. What a blessing that God offers us by his grace forgiveness, redemption, salvation, a new birth, being made new. Oh, how we ought to cherish these offers from God and how we ought to grasp them and embody them in our lives. We encourage you, we encourage you to continue to listen and study. And we would love to send you a free Bible study through the, through the regular mail. We offer this every single program. It is free. We'll even take care of the postage. All you have to do is contact us. We'll tell you how to do that at the end of the program today. 
and just use one of those means of contacting us and simply ask for the free Bible study and we'll send it to you. And again, we'll even take care of the postage. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD for free and we'll take care of the postage. Now we encourage you to encourage others to listen to this program. You may help them change their lives. You may help them grow stronger in their faith. You may help them come to God through Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation and eternal life just by encouraging them to listen to the program. We also encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down on the home page to the podcast button, click on that, and it'll take you about one minute only to sign up for our podcasting. And then you will receive automatically to your device, whichever one you choose, your computer, your laptop, your tablet, your iPad, your smartphone, whichever one you choose, automatically, every day, you'll receive the lessons for, those, for, those, for that day. You receive all of these radio programs will go automatically to your device. So that will enable you to listen at your opportunity and not have to try to pick them up when you're at work or when you're busy with some other chore of some kind. You can simply pull them up, download them on your podcasting icon, and then begin to listen whatever, at whatever time you, you find the opportunity. You'll also receive all of our sermons, all of our Bible studies, and a great daily Bible study, short study, about 12 minutes or so, called Today's Bible Class. All of these will go automatically to your device, and again, they're all free. Take advantage. Encourage your friends, your family members, your neighbors, your work associates, anybody and everybody to take advantage of these resources to study God's Word and grow in their faith. We're going to continue our study on grace, and we've been really looking at it in an extensive way and in an in-depth way, and we're going to continue to do that. We're looking at the whole principle, concept, the whole study of grace from several different perspectives. We've talked about being saved by grace, and we've, we've talked about how we need to understand that grace is something we cannot earn. Our salvation is by grace, by God's grace. Now, God expects obedience from us. He expects us to come to him. But when we come to him through Jesus Christ and when we obey him and are baptized for the remission of our sins, then God is the one who saves us. We don't earn it. We don't obligate him to it. We don't really deserve it or have it coming to us except by God's grace. God offers us salvation, offers us forgiveness, redemption, and he is the one who saves us. And that is totally by his grace but he does expect response from us. Now, we want to take another step and look at the whole subject of grace from still another angle or from another perspective. And that is Jesus Christ being the fulfillment of God's grace. Jesus Christ being the fulfillment of God's grace. Again, we try to figure out ways to express the grace of God in terms that we can relate to. 
technical definition as we've continued to, to bring forth is God's unmerited or undeserved favor extended to mankind. God's loving kindness toward man. But really, that does not really get into the full depths of it. It's kind of a technical definition. It's easier to kind of identify God's grace, showing examples of it, rather than to fully define it. God's riches at Christ's expense, which is an acrostic using the letters of the word grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. God's offering us forgiveness and redemption and salvation through the death of Christ on the cross. We talk about grace being all God, no me. We talk about how justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Oh, but grace. Grace is receiving goodness from God that we do not deserve. That's God's grace. Now, perhaps the most fundamental expression of God's grace is simply Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I've said a number of times in teaching on this subject, you think about the word love and the whole concept of love as expressed in the scriptures, and you really cannot define that fully and adequately. And so I finally come to understand that simply the best definition or description of love is G-O-D, God. And the scriptures even tell us that in John's first letter, he says, God is love. That's our best expression of love, God. Well, what is our best expression of grace? Again, we could say, G-O-D, our best understanding, our best definition of grace, God, God. But the best expression, perhaps, or maybe the most fundamental expression of God's grace extended to mankind is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of God's grace. In the most visible way, Christ is is the personification, the fulfillment of God's grace. When God sent his son, God the son, into this world in human form to experience all the kinds of situations that mankind experiences, including the temptations, Hebrews chapter 2 and Hebrews chapter 4, and then sent him to that cross to die to give his physical life to pay the price for the guilt of our sins, that is the most visible and fulfillment, our fulfilling expression of God's grace extended, offered to mankind. We've looked at John chapter 1 and verse 17. Where John the Apostle, in writing his gospel account of Jesus Christ, said, For the law, the law, was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now we've talked about what he means by the law came through Moses. That's the Old Testament law of Moses given by God to Moses 
in the wilderness after God had led the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, out of Egyptian bondage. God gave the law to Moses to write down, his spiritual law for the Israelites. Now, so that's the law that is being referred to as the law was given through Moses. He's not talking about spiritual law in general. Some people want to make it say that. That's not what it says. It's talking about the Old Testament law of Moses. We're always under spiritual law from God, and we've talked about that in this study. Adam and Eve were under spiritual law in the garden. Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 3. God told them, you do not eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. That was spiritual law. In chapter 3 of the Genesis account, when they broke that commandment, and it's identified as being a commandment from God, they broke God's spiritual law, and God punished them, judged them as a result of their breaking that spiritual law. They were expelled from the garden. They were cut off from access to the tree of life in the garden. Man was going to have to work harder and less productively to make a living. The woman was going to bear more children and doing so in greater pain. That's all judgment from God for their breaking his spiritual law that he had laid down for them in the garden. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, John 1.17, the rest of that verse. Now, what we need to understand is that from the time that Adam and Eve broke God's spiritual law, they transgressed, they disobeyed his commandment, and God brought judgment down upon them. Now, what have we, what have we looked at in Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 2? Sin separates us from God. Did Adam and Eve die physically when they disobeyed God, when they broke his commandment to not eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that was there in the garden? They did not die physically, but they died spiritually. They were sinners now, and they needed forgiveness and they needed redemption. God made ways for them to be counted as forgiven, basically, through animal sacrifices and their continued obedience before God. But the ultimate, the ultimate payment for the sins they had committed and the sins of all mankind for all time would be paid through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. The animal sacrifices, they sufficed for a time, but only because they were pointing toward the ultimate one-time-for-all-time sacrifice of God's Son on the cross, the perfect sacrifice. And that one would be the ultimate fulfillment of God's grace. In Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 27, the Hebrews writer talks about this. 
speaking of Christ, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices first for their own sins and then for the people's. And you see, under the law of Moses, even the priests committed sin. And so when they went to offer sacrifices for the people's sins, who had come to, to them bringing sacrifices, they would also have to offer sacrifices for their own sins, but not Jesus. Because going back to Hebrews chapter 2 and Hebrews chapter 4, Jesus lived in his physical life perfectly, without sin, never succumbing to temptation, although he was tempted like as we are. And so he was not like the high priests of Old Testament days who had to offer up first for their own sins and then for the sins of the peoples. And then the Hebrews writer goes on in verse 27 of Hebrews chapter 7 and says, for this he did once for all when he offered up himself. Jesus offered himself on that cross. He was the ultimate and the perfect sacrifice. Remember under the law of Moses that the Israelites had to bring animals that were pure, basically, from a physical perspective, unspotted, unblemished. They couldn't bring the runts of the litter. They could not bring animals that were diseased, and they say, okay, well, we'll use this one as a sacrifice because we cannot, we cannot use him for food, or we cannot expect him to grow into maturity and produce other offspring that will be healthy. No, they could not do that. They had to bring the best of the flock, the pure of the litter, and offer those before God. Jesus was the ultimate example of that principle. Absolutely unspotted, even in his physical life on this earth, by sin. He never gave in to temptation. He went to the cross in physical form as the perfect one-time-for-all-time sacrifice. So everything from Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve sinned, and we look at verse 15 in Genesis chapter 3, and we understand that as being the first messianic prophecy, prophecy of the coming Savior where God was speaking to the devil in the form of the serpent. And he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. When Christ came, the devil certainly in that metaphorical sense bruised his heel through causing him all kinds of persecutions and challenges Oh, but when Christ went to the cross, when he died on that cross, the devil must have jumped up and down in joy and, and seeming victory. But when Jesus rose from that tomb on the third day, oh, he was crushing Satan. And ultimately, when he comes again on that final day of judgment to take the saved home with him to heaven, and the devil will be consigned to eternal torment in hell. That will be the final crushing blow to his head. The final crushing blow. 
So everything from Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 throughout the rest of the Old Testament and into the gospel accounts that portray Christ having come into this world as the Savior and ultimately going to the cross and dying as the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of all mankind's sins for all time. That was the ultimate personification and fulfillment of God's grace. Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of God's grace. Now, how should we understand grace and truth? Well, we've just talked about the grace that Jesus Christ is the ultimate fulfillment of God's grace. Grace and truth. And we could also understand kind of the exclamation point or the period, so to speak, on truth came through Jesus Christ. He came and told people, this is what God has been leading you up to all of these hundreds and thousands of years. I'm here now to fulfill all of those prophecies and to bring to fulfillment and reveal to you the rest of God's truth. I'm the Savior, Jesus said. He was unashamed to declare himself as being such. He identified himself as being the Son of God. Now, Truth, truth. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4, and we've looked at this before. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4. What is sin? Sin is not a physical kind of reality or principle. It's spiritual. Sin is a spiritual principle. What is sin? 1 John 3 and verse 4. John the Apostle says, Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. Or the King James Version says, Transgression of the law. Transgression of the law. Sin is lawlessness. What law? We're not talking about the laws of the land. We're not talking about the laws passed down by civil authority. We're talking about spiritual law, the law of God. Why did God hold Adam and Eve accountable when they ate that fruit that he told them not to eat? Because they had broken his law, spiritual law. And we need to understand that, and we need to respect that. Our time's up for today, so we're going to stop and park here. We'll come back and continue this study next time. Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of God's grace. Let's pray. Father, help us to learn even more, study even deeper, and understand and appreciate in a greater way the blessing of your grace. And help us, Father, to always live under your grace and to please you in the way we do so. We need your grace every second of every day. 
Please, Father, please forgive us. This is our prayer in your Son's name. Amen.